feared by over half of the world's population. The Jews, the Muslims, and by the Christian church. He's held in, in high esteem. To Jews and the Muslims, he is their biological forefather. Now, they, the, the rift between the Jews and Islam is that um, Islam sees Ishmael as the, as the child of promise, and the Jews see Isaac as the child of promise. And, of course, the Bible tells us that Isaac was the child of promise. But they both see Abraham as their biological forefather. They are descendants of Abraham. To Christians, he's our spiritual forefather. Um, Galatians chapter 3 verse 7 says that they which are of faith, those who have placed their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, um, are the children of Abraham. You can read that again in Romans chapter 2. Um, Paul said that the Jews are those not who are Jews in the flesh. Children of God are not those that are children of God by flesh, but who are children of God by spirit. All who are children of faith are children of Abraham. Uh, Abraham's life was marked by his faith in God. His life preceded the written law. Abraham existed before God wrote the law on those tablets of Moses to hand down to the people. But yet his life was a law unto itself because he lived a life of faith. James said that because of that, James, that Abraham was called a friend of God as are we. Romans chapter 4 verse 3 said, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And so see, righteousness has never come by keeping the law because none of us have ever kept the law. We're not made righteous by the keeping of the law. We're made righteous because of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Abraham was counted righteous before the law ever came because he trusted God, he believed God, and the Bible says that it was counted or imputed or credited to his account as being righteous. So Abraham obeyed God not in order to be righteous, but because he was righteous. Do you understand that? He obeyed God not in order that he could be counted righteous, but because he was righteous. His faith made him righteous before God. Faith obeys God. And so Abraham's example is a model of faith. His life is a model of faith that the Bible encourages and exhorts over and over and over again that Christians would do well to follow and even though he's an Old Testament patriarch, over 70 times the New Testament points to him as an example of a man who lived his life by faith. It's interesting to me that before the resurrection, um, when, when that story in Luke chapter 16 is presented to us and you get to the Lazarus, the rich man died, Lazarus died, and the Bible said that Lazarus was carried away into the bosom of Abraham. He went to where Abraham was, and that was the paradise of God it's referred to as Abraham's bosom and that, that's an interesting story because those in hell could see him there and have dialogue with father Abraham and but he explained to them that there was a great gulf fixed there um, that he couldn't pass and that they uh, could not pass and so all of that you know I just said that by way of introduction Abraham is an incredible figure in the word of God a figurehead in the word of God he is um, one of the first examples Hebrews chapter 11 gives as a hero of the faith. And because of that, I just want to take a, a, a little, I don't know how long we're going to be here, but to just embark on a little bit of a character study of Abraham as an example of how to live. And uh, his story begins actually in Genesis chapter 11, but we're going to pick up first in, in chapter 12. 
and read the first nine verses. The Bible said, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed, as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarah his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Sychem, unto the plain of Moray, and the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord, who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel, and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and high on the east. And there he builded an altar unto the Lord, and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram, Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. So the substance of Abraham's life is the substance of our life. The Bible said faith is the evidence of the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. That's the definition given in Hebrews of what faith. And so the substance of Abraham's life is that he walked by faith, not by sight. He walked by faith, not by sight. It wasn't what it looked like that was important to Abraham. It was what God said. That was important to Abraham, and I'm going to keep calling him Abraham, even though his name had not yet been changed to Abraham. I'm going to keep calling him that, all right? So Abraham lived a life that was marked by a walk of faith, not a walk of sight. So what does a walk, what does a life look like when a person walks by faith and not by sight? We, we like to see it before we believe it, but God says believe it before you'll see it. We like, to, we like to see it before we believe it, but God says, believe it, and then you'll see it. So we walk by faith, not by sight. What does that look like in our lives? First of all, I believe it is a hearing and believing life. Romans chapter um, 10, verse 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. So it is a hearing and believing life. Now, this is interesting to me, and I don't know. I'm, there's some speculation I'm going to do. And I, don't do I try not to do a whole lot of that. But this passage starts out like this. Now the Lord had said unto Abram. That phrase sounds like past tense. Y'all remember when your daddy said, didn't I tell you? You know, when your daddy comes and finds you and you're still not done what he told you to do. And he says, didn't I tell you? Now didn't I tell you? That's kind of how chapter 12 starts. Now, didn't I tell you that there's a place for you to go and a thing for you to do? And so when the Bible starts chapter 12 by saying, Now the Lord hath said unto him, that initial calling in Abraham's life may have came prior to chapter 12. If you look at Genesis chapter 11, verse 31 and 32, they had been living in Ur of the Chaldees, which was essentially Babylon. That's where they had been living at. That's where Terah had taken his family and had uh, given, I think there were three sons that were given to him. Abraham was not the oldest, but three sons given to them there. The youngest son, 
whose name happened to be Haran also died um, in Ur. And the Bible says in verse 31 that Terah took Abraham, his son, and Lot, who was the son of Haran, his son's son, that's the one that had died in Ur of the Chaldees, and Sarah, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came into Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. So when God initially spoke, it appears to me that God initially spoke to them when they were living in Ur of the Chaldees. Now I don't know whether God, this is where you have to speculate a little bit. Did God speak to Terah and tell him to take his family out of that place? Or did God speak to Abraham, and did Abraham lead his father out of that place? Um, I, I don't know, but what I do know is that whether he spoke initially to Terah, Abraham's father, or to Abraham himself, their journey got stalled at Haran. They did not go where God told them to go. They stopped at Haran. Now, um, Haran may have been Terah's native home. That may have been where he was born at because that's what his youngest son was named. So they may have went and lived in Ur of the Chaldees, and while he was there, he gave birth to his sons, and one of those sons he named after his homeland, which was Haran. And when, Haran, when, when Haran died there, um, and who, whichever one heard the voice of God say, get out of Ur and go to the land that I'm going to show you, they got to Haran and they got stuck there. They were comfortable there. It felt like home there. Now this is interesting. You can get a map and look at it for yourself. Essentially, you got a, you got a long journey that goes from the southeast, north, and back down to the southwest. It would be like you left South Georgia and went to Wisconsin. There you go. And came back down in Arizona. That's what it looks like on the map. But if you look at Haran, it's in Wisconsin. It's stuck there. And if God told them in Ur of Chaldees, I want you to go to the land of Canaan, they went as far as Haran, and then, the, and then the whole wagon stalled out. Now, Haran was halfway between Babylon and Jerusalem. There are two cities that are prominent in God's Word. Babylon, which is the city of men, and Jerusalem, which the name means the city of peace or the city of God. And they, they are stuck now in this place halfway between the world's idea of a city and God's idea of a city. They caught in the middle of this. They went no further than that until Terah died. And then God said to Abraham, Now I told you. I told you to go to Canaan. Now I told you to get thee out. And what he told him to do was, I want you to leave your country. I want you to leave your kinfolks. I want you to, I want you to leave the false religions that exist there. Because um, Haran was a major. You look on the map, it was a major commercial trading center. It was also the center of a large part of the world's idolatry at that time. So was Ur of the Chaldees. So they got halfway and stuck there. And God said, I told you to get away from that country. I told you to leave your kinfolk behind. I told you to leave all the false religions of that region behind and go to a land that I'm going to show you. Now, according to Joshua chapter 24, verse 2, Abram's father was a pagan who worshipped idols. 
So God's calling Abram out of this. He's calling Abram out of idolatry. He's calling, he's calling Abraham out of his own country, away from his father's house, and away from his father's religion to do something with Abraham that he had never done with a man, and that is to make his own nation of people. A people who walk by faith. God said, get thee out. That ain't where I told you to stop. That ain't where I told you to stay. Get thee out. And then the provision that's attached with that is those I will promises. He said, I will show you the place that I want you to dwell. I will make of you a great nation. And I'll bless you and make your name great. And then thou wilt be a blessing. Get thee out and I'm going to show you some things, some good things, a precious land. Later the nation of Israel said it's everything that God ever, it's everything we ever dreamed it could be. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a place where we'll have every need that we've ever had met. It's a place where uh, we can dwell in peace and, and prosper in that place. God said, I'll show you as you get out. If you get out, I'll show you. If you get out, I'll I will, I will make something of you that you are not now. He was a man with a wife, no children. God said, I'm going to make you a nation of people. And I'm going to bless you. I'm going to prosper you to the place where that you can be a blessing to others. And I can boil all that down to do like this. God said, get out. And if you get out and do what I told you to do, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to distinguish you among all the people on the earth. I'm going to make you d different. I'm going to make you distinct. I'm going to make you stand out. I'm going to show you what I want you to do, where I want you to go. I'm going to make you a great man, a great nation. I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. Now, I know ultimately that the promise of Christ is wrapped up in that promise. The promise of the Messiah is wrapped up. This is where I'm going to bring my Redeemer into this world through the family and lineage of Abraham. And then all the nations of the earth will be blessed. But I want you to understand this. All of those promises are contingent upon that get thee out. If Abraham didn't get out, God wasn't going to show him anything. If Abraham didn't get out, God wasn't going to make him anything. If, if Abraham didn't get out and go where God said for him to go, God would not bless him the way that he could bless him. Abraham had to do that. He had to get out to see all of those things manifested in his life. Listen to me, we cannot go halfway in believing God and obeying God. We can't go halfway. I, I, I really believe that a lot of the professing church today is camped out halfway. I believe a lot of people who said they believed stopped halfway. A lot of folks who took the first word of God didn't go all the way that God told them to go. And a lot of folks are not experiencing that. I'm going to show you this, I'm going to make you this, and I'm going to bless you this way because they're still camped out halfway between Jerusalem and Babylon. They're trying to live a little bit in the world and a little bit in the kingdom, and God don't work like that. 
There's a separation that has to occur in our life. If you want God to distinguish you, you've got to hear what God said and believe what God said in order to receive what God said. There's a promise, but it has a provision, and that provision proves that you believe what God said. If you're camped out at Haran, I, here's what I believe that means. It means you're comfortable with stuff you ought not to be comfortable with. It means, it means God wants you to get out of that comfort zone and go and do what He told you to go and do. Now listen to me. We read God's Word all the time. And I'm afraid here's what we're doing when we read it. We hear it, but we believe and apply only the parts that we like of it. That's going halfway. When we start picking and choosing what we can obey and what we don't obey, then we've disregarded what God said, and there's no wonder He don't show us more. There's no wonder He don't make us more. There's no wonder He don't bless us more. And there's a reason that we're not being a blessing to others because we've gone halfway and stalled. Stuck at Haran. Between Bethlehem and between Jerusalem and Babylon. It's a hearing and believing life. It's a, it's a believing and doing life. If, if you, um, let me back up for a minute before I jump into that. I left out a verse that I really want to read to you. If we, I, I need to read it to you, <laughs> especially this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse number 16. What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Almighty. So listen to me. God, God will not distinguish you until you're ready to distinguish yourself by believing, by hearing and believing, and then by doing what God said. Let me say that again because this is where we're going to move to the next point. If you want God to distinguish you, if you want God to show you, if you want God to make you, if you want God to bless you, you've got to hear and believe and then act on what you believe. Believing and doing life. A, a, a walk by faith, not by sight life is a believing and doing life. I love what it said. After verse 3, verse 4 just makes it very plain. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. He just said, okay, God, here I go. Okay, God, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on the road. You're going to find this theme all through the Bible. Believing affects behaving. What you really believe will affect how you behave. It ain't that we saved by our works. That's not what I'm preaching. That's not what Abraham was righteous because he believed God. But his belief was evidenced by his doing. What he believed, he did. God said, get out. He'd been camped there too long. He'd done got comfortable where God told him not to get comfortable. Now the Lord has said, get out. I'm going to make you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to bless you. And the Bible says, so Abraham got out. So Abraham departed just as the Lord had spoken. I love verse 5. At the end of that it says, they went forth into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. 
They went forth. He, he, he started on the path that God had laid out for him, and into the path he came. He, he started out on the way to Canaan, and into Canaan he came. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5 said, He went out not knowing where he went. Actually, that's the wrong verse. It's in Hebrews chapter 11. I'm probably verse 15. I'm bad about, trans, about leaving numbers off, all right? Abraham, the Bible says, left as God told him to leave, not knowing where he went. He heard what God said and he acted upon it because he knew that if he heard it and believed it and acted upon it, that God would show him, make him, and bless him. Because that's what God promised. He went out believing that as I move, God will show me what's next. As I move, God's going to make me who I need to be. As I move, God's going to bless me so I can be a blessing. Now, I don't know if you ever given much thought to this. You can't really move. You can't really turn something until that something is moving. You get, I mean, you can turn the wheels on your car, but if you ain't moving, you ain't going nowhere. You're still in the same spot you was. If your car's facing that direction and you want to go that direction, you can turn the wheels all day, but if you ain't moving, you ain't going that direction. Makes sense? But once you get an object moving, it can be turned any way that it needs to go. It can't change direction if it's not moving. So Abraham departed. Now, once he got moving, once he left that place and began to move toward Canaan, God could say, go that way, go that way, go this way, go that way, don't go that way. And we're going to find out in the next chapter that he went the wrong way. Now, see, this is the good thing about a Christian life. You can go the wrong way and turn around. Because our life is all about moving and all about changing directions. We live a life of daily repentance. We grow and we change as we go. We might head this direction for a little while, and God says, no, you're getting off course. Get back on the straight and narrow. Don't go to the left or right until I tell you to go left or right. Stay on that course. But while we're moving, uh, God can direct us which way we need to go. And I just believe there are a lot of folks today who claim to be believers, who claim to be following Christ, but they aren't even going anywhere. They ain't moving at all. And they can't change directions because they're not moving at all. They say they believe what He says, but there's no evidence that they do by their obedience. Yeah, I believe God said that's wrong. I believe God said that's right. I believe God said we ought to do this, but we're not doing it. That's not a walk by faith. You're trying to stand still by faith. And if you're standing still by faith, you can't move the direction God wants you to go. He can't show you what's next. He can't make you who He wants you to be. He can't bless you like He wants to bless you because uh, you're not moving. They say they believe what God says, but there's no evidence by their obedience. There's no progress in their spiritual growth. And I just believe that when we truly believe what God said, um, that we'll begin to act upon what God said. And a believer's life is going to be one of consistent movement and daily repentance. Listen, I can tell you my walk with Christ has been one that I, I, I can look back over it and see that I've gone from one place to another, that I've grown in grace and in knowledge, and that there have been times in my life that I was headed one direction and God said, don't go that way. I've repented, turned. As long as you move, moving, He can turn you. 
As long as you walk in an obedience, he can turn you wherever he wants you to go. James chapter 2. Hopefully I got this passage right. I'm going to look it up. James chapter 2, verse 14. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Now, the real answer to that question is, yeah. If it's, if it's real faith, it can really save you. But what does real faith do? Real faith is manifested in what it does, how it obeys. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yeah, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I'll show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works? And by works was faith made perfect or complete. Believing and doing. You can read your Bible, you read your New Testament, and here's what you're going to find out. If you, if you go to the book of Hebrews... Chapter number 11, which defines for us what faith is and then shows us what faith looks like in the lives of our Bible heroes, you're going to find that, you're going to find that all through the Word of God, believing and doing walk hand in hand. You can't separate them. You can say you believe, but if there's no doing to your belief, it's not real. It's not authentic. It's not actually faith. I, I, listen, Billy Graham said this, so I'm in good company. The easy believism that a lot of people are claiming today is a counterfeit. It ain't real faith. It's empty words. They don't change lives. The Bible says if a man believes in his heart, he believes unto righteousness. Easy believism that's being claimed by a lot today never moves a person to truly repent of sin and obey the gospel. Abraham's walk was evidence that he really believed God's word, and the same should be true for us today. Here's the last point. A walking by faith, not by sight, is a worshiping and influencing life. God promised to bless Abraham and to make him a blessing. Here's what I noticed in the text. As Abraham went, people went with him. As God blessed Abraham, Abraham blessed people. You find out in the text that, that all those that traveled with Abraham were blessed by his obedient walk and were witnesses of the way that he worshiped God. His journey influenced their journey. Can I tell you that as you walk with God, 
by faith, not by sight, your journey will influence other people's journey. As God shows you, as God makes you, as God blesses you, it flows out to the lives of the people that are around you. As you worship, you influence. You worship God through obedience and you influence people on their journey. See, every time the Lord directed Abraham, his direction was shared with those people that were around him. Abraham wasn't walking this by himself, and I'm telling you, you ain't walking this by yourself. When God's moving you and God's changing your direction, God will move in somebody else's life and change their direction. If they're looking at you for an example as you walk by faith and not by sight, and you're worshiping and walking, you'll be influenced the people, the people that are with you, around you. Namely, first and foremost, your own family. But that wasn't all that was with Abraham. He had some people that were given to him in Haran that were blessed by Abraham. His servants. The people that would become a great nation. Those people learned what it meant to walk with and worship the Lord. So let me ask you a question. What are the people around you learning from you? Is, is the way that you're living, is the path that you're walking leading people further into the will of God or further away from the will of God? That's a serious question, folks. Listen to me. That's a question we all wake up every morning. Are the decisions, are the paths that I'm making today, are the choices that I'm making today, it, it, it's the way that I'm walking and worshiping today, how is it influencing the people around me? Is it bringing them closer into the will of God or is it leading them further away from the will of God? We don't, be, we don't need to be leading people further from the will of God. We need to be leading people into the will of God for their lives. And we do that as we worship Him and as, as we walk with Him by faith and not by sight. Uh, we pull those other people into at least the knowledge of the will of God. If you're not being blessed by God, how can you be a blessing? If God's not pouring into your life, how can you pour out into other people's lives? He wants to show you where He wants you to be. He wants to make you something that you're not. He wants to bless you in ways that will be a blessing to other people that are around you. That won't ever happen until we hear and believe and believe and do and worship. And then we become an influence on those that are around us. This is interesting to me. You, you, we're going to find this as we study the life of Abraham. Every time Abraham went where God told him to go, God would open up another revelation of himself to Abraham. Every time God did that, Abraham would build an altar and worship. Every time Abraham worshiped, God would open a new revelation of himself, a new direction for his life. He'd go that way. God would do something special, reveal himself. Abraham built another altar. It's circular. It's, it, that's a circular pattern. Uh, that, that, that's God's GPS for our lives. When you hear, believe, obey, and worship, God will guide you step by step by step by step into a greater revelation of himself, into a greater manifestation of who you are as a child of God so that your influence is continuously being expanded and you reach that destiny that God has set out for you. When you worship, he reveals. When he reveals, you worship. He reveals, you worship again. You just get deeper and deeper and deeper into the will of God. Then you become a man of influence like Abraham was a man of influence. 
Hebrews chapter 11. I hope I got this one right. Verse 10. I do. He looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker was God. Abraham wasn't looking for Canaan. He is looking for that eternal city. And, and you know, he, he uh, really the land of Canaan never became theirs until after 430 years of captivity. And he told, he told Abraham that was going to be the case. Abraham kept walking, kept worshiping, kept living. And he found that city. Because he walked by faith and not by sight. And that's the only way we're going to find it. The only way you're going to find what God wants for your life is you walk by faith, not by sight. And so let me ask you some questions and I'm done. Are you hearing but not believing? You know what? God knows what he's doing. He knows what he's saying. Do you believe this book is inerrant, infallible, inspired by God, profitable for reproof, for rebuke, for correction, for instruction in righteousness? You believe this book is able, the Bible says that if you study to show yourself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightfully dividing the word of truth, the Bible says that this book will give you everything you need to do everything that God has called you to do and be everything God has called you to be. You've got to hear it and believe it. Now we read it sometimes and we're like, Lord, I don't, that, that, I don't necessarily like that. I'd rather camp out about halfway between what you want me to do and what you're telling me to do. Y'all hear me? I'm okay with this, but I ain't okay with this where you ain't hearing and believing that what God said is true. We get hung up in Haran because we get comfortable. And we all never get comfortable with sin. Part of Lot's problem was he got hung up in Sodom. He got comfortable with sin. It cost him his family. God says, get out and I'll show you something. Get out and I'll make you something. Get out and I'll bless you. And that's what we want. That's what our heart craves, is to experience God in that way. We've got to hear it and believe it. And then we've got to believe it and do it. Are you believing but not doing? Are you moving and changing direction as you move? If you believe him but not doing, you're in rebellion. You understand what I'm saying? If you say, I believe that's true, but I ain't going to do it, then you're in open rebellion against God. You know the Bible says that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and that your obedience to God is more important than your sacrifice to God? Obedience is better than sacrifice. Do what God said. That proves that you believe what God said. Now, I, don't believe, I don't believe there is nothing, nothing more wicked than a believer who behaves like a heathen. You hear me? When we are talking the talk but not walking the walk, we are hypocrites. There's nothing that does more damage to the kingdom of God than a Christian living like a pagan. If Abraham believed God, he didn't need to hang out at Haran. He needed to go on down to Jerusalem where he belonged. He needed to get to the promised land that God had said for him to go to. There God could bless him. Christians that are living outside the will of God are doing more damage to the kingdom of God than anybody else in the world. Listen, a pagan acts like a pagan's going to act. They've never been regenerated. They've never been born again. They've not heard. They've not believed. They're not doing because they don't believe. We don't have that excuse. If we hear and believe, we ought to follow up with that by walking in obedience to what God said. And finally, are you worshiping an influence? Are you worshiping an influence? And if you're not worshiping, you're influencing people the wrong way. If you're not leading people into the will of God, you're leading them away from the will of God.
If you want more of God, then you worship Him. And, and as God reveals Himself to you, you lead others in the same direction He's leading you. There's an old saying, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. And you can make that step today. Here's the first step of faith. Admit that you're a sinner. I'm in the wrong place. I ain't where I'm supposed to be. Believe that Jesus is the way. He's the Savior. The way for me to get out of this place where I'm at is to put all my trust in the living Word of God. Then confess Him as your Lord. You do know what confessing Christ as your Lord means. The word Lord means He's my Master. He's the one that says go and I go. He's the one that says do and I do. If, if, you, if you'll take that first step, he'll meet you right there and walk you all the way to promised land. Do you believe that? See, I believe that because that's what God's done for me. That's what he's doing for me. You take that first step and he'll walk with you all the way to the promised land for that, to that city whose builder and maker is God. You take that first step. You admit, you believe, you confess. God will meet you right there. And as you worship him, he'll reveal himself to you. And as he reveals himself to you, you'll worship him some more. And as you worship him some more, he'll reveal some more. And while he's doing that, he's showing you where he wants you to go. He's making you who he wants you to be. He's blessing you with a blessing that you can hand off to somebody else, which is to be his witness in the world and influence the people that are around you for his glory amen Matthew 8 11 said many shall come from the east by the way let me tell you the catalyst for that story before I read that verse old Roman centurion came to Jesus one day and said my servant is sick almost dead Jesus said take me to your house and I'll heal him Centurion said, I'm a man that's in authority over a bunch of other men. I say, go do this and go do that, and they do it. He said, I ain't worthy for you to be in my house. But if you'll send your word, if you'll just speak the word, my servant will be healed. <laughs> Jesus said, I ain't seen that kind of faith in all Israel. It, it's, a, it's in a Roman soldier right here standing before me, but I hadn't seen Israel have that kind of faith. And the Bible said that very instant, it was as that man believed, Jesus said it and his servant was healed. And Jesus followed that up and said, I'm telling you, there are going to be people that come from the east, west. What he's saying is that there's going to be a, the Gentile nations of this world are going to sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom. Because they believed. They heard. They believed. They believed. And they did. They worshipped. And they influenced. <laughs> and I'm telling you, we're going to find that kingdom whose builder and maker is God. If we walk by faith. And not by sight. If we hear, believe, obey, 
worship and influence. We're going to make it. You're going to make it. I'm going to make it. Let's stand together as our musicians come. God, we're thankful for your inspired, inerrant, infallible, unchanging word. Lord, the culture's moving further and further away from it, but the church needs to move closer and closer to it. I think in many ways the church has been camped out in a place that you didn't tell us to be. Help us to believe your word this morning. Walk in it. worship you influence the people that are around us God if we need to change the direction and we need to get moving this morning I don't know any better place to move to than an altar of repentance we can get up from that and head in a completely different direction you'll show us what we've been wanting to see You'll make us who we've been wanting to be. And you'll bless us so that we can be a blessing. Maybe there's somebody this morning needs to begin this journey. Maybe they've never made that first step of faith. I pray you'd help them to do that this morning. By the, by the power of your Holy Spirit, faith comes by hearing, hearing by, by the Word of God. They've heard the Word of God this morning. Now all they've got to do is make a, make a move. The Holy Spirit will meet them right there. Walk all the way. Do whatever you want to do in this invitation, and I'll praise you for it, give you glory for it, and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.